Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks. From KQED. Joe Eskenazi is a columnist for the San Francisco publication Mission Local, and he remembers this one story about Mohamed Nuru, the city's public works director who was arrested by the FBI earlier this week. Joe remembers walking through Chinatown with another San Francisco power broker. Rose Pack and I, we were in Chinatown, and she noticed a, a pile of refuse and boxes and crap, you know, a big one, and, and she just instinctively, uh, you know, picked up her cell phone and called up Mohamed Nuru, and, and his guys came out and cleaned it up. Mohamed Nuru's gotten things done for powerful people in San Francisco, and he's been accused of some pretty shady stuff before. But the fact that he did get stuff done when the right people called is one reason why he rose to one of the highest positions in city government. I'm Devin Kadiyama. Welcome to The Bay. Mohamed Nuru was hired uh, under the Willie Brown administration in the year 2000. Uh, he was uh, a lieutenant in the public works department, not, not the second or third up high, but, uh, but someone who was working with the directors at the time. And you know these directors. They're, they're Ed Lee. They're Ed Riskin. So these are you know, men who matriculated to higher things. How did Mohamed Nuru rise to the level of director of public works for the city of San Francisco? By getting things done for the people who asked him to get things done. To an extent, it was, it was not unlike the anecdote I told you earlier that Rose Pack called him up and things were cleaned. That is a useful person to have in government for people who have his cell phone number or otherwise can get a hold of him expediently. Is somebody who gets the job done like Mohamed Nuru a common figure in San Francisco politics? I think that, you know, many organizations have someone like this who will get things done. And the, what many of you are probably thinking as you listen to this is, that, but, but San Francisco streets are filthy. But, you know, if certain people called him and asked him to clean up something, it would get cleaned. And that includes members of government. And as noted before, it includes people who are adjunct to government like Rose Pack or others who, you know, it was a very politic thing. This job that Mahama Nuru's kept is a pretty big deal in San Francisco. And not just because former directors have used it as a jumping off point to higher office. The Department of Public Works has a huge budget, about $500 million. And it touches every part of the city. The department cleans the streets, prunes the trees, but also does big projects. Like just this week, part of Market Street went car free. That's the Public Works Department. But even before Mohamed Nuru became Public Works Director in 2011, he had a history of some pretty shady business, which makes you wonder, how did he keep such a high-profile job for so long? Mohamed Nuru um, 
was accused of uh, misappropriation of funds for personal use. Uh, Tens of thousands of dollars was put into cleaning and manicuring areas, uh, I believe, adjacent to where he lived. Um, There was uh, retaliation against whistleblowers. Um, People who worked under him uh, allegedly were directed to do political activities, i.e. tearing down political signs or or other, you know, things like this, while on the public uh, dime, on work hours. That all happened. Why is someone who had this on his resume... Why did this person advance? And at some point you have to say, this wasn't a deterrent. It was a resume builder. This is why he got the job. We've reported repeatedly on Mission Local that uh, public works crews showed up ahead of time on uh, event, you know, for places the mayor is going to appear and clean it before she gets there. And this is something Mohammed Nuru did not have to be asked to do. He got the job because that's what he did, and that's what they wanted him to do, and they wanted someone who would do these things if asked. Sending out power crews to power watch where the mayor would be without being asked. That's how you keep the job. But he got the job because of his resume. In other words, Nuru kept the right people happy. That's not to say that everyday residents weren't critical of the job that he was doing. For example, Nuru got a lot of backlash for his response to one of the more controversial stories around homelessness in the city last year. Late 2019, uh, residents of a small San Francisco side street called Clinton Park, which many of us had traveled on but never known the name of, uh, unilaterally decided to put um, you know, mid-sized boulders on the street to deter homeless people from camping there or allegedly dope dealing there. Uh, and people who felt that this was a coarse, um, you know, uh, use of uh, abuse of power rolled them into this into the gutter. Uh, Nuru's crews repeatedly put them back where they had been uh, illegally placed, despite the fact that there was no permitting for them, and despite the fact they weren't supposed to be there. And when this finally uh, ended, when they were finally hauled off and dumped in a yard somewhere or whatever, uh, Mohammed Nuru said that the real problem was that they needed larger boulders. That was his quote: that they needed larger boulders. And I think that was indicative of Mohammed Nuru's worldview. The sidewalks are not places for people to camp, or they're not places for people to sell drugs. And so we really feel very proud of the neighbors, and we'll support them in any way we can. The director is referencing the- what I had written is that Mohammed Nuru himself was the larger boulder. He was he was someone who would would come up with those types of um, simple solutions. And I have solutions and quotation marks in my mind for complicated problems. A lot of people were upset about Nuru, not just for the boulders, but for other issues around homelessness, too. When homeless camps get swept, public works is usually involved. But that's not why Nuru's long career is now in trouble. This week, the FBI charged him with public corruption for multiple schemes, including trying to bribe an airport commissioner. Good afternoon, everyone. Thank you for joining us. My name is Dave Anderson. I'm the U.S. Attorney for the Northern District of California. The Northern District of California. The allegations here do not involve uh, the massive budget, and it's it's uh, difficult to trace uh, effect on the on the on the filth or on San Francisco streets. the The actual allegations are are, are jarringly small time. It's it's more about the uh, the atmosphere of casual corruption that was involved. In, in attempting to, to uh, accomplish these small-time schemes. So, you know, yes, we have a massive budget in uh, public works, and we have a massive budget towards cleaning the streets. But this isn't uh, an accusation that, that anyone was siphoning off from that. This is more about, you know, Mohammed Nuru purportedly using his influence to, to push for other things. Mr. Nuru is one of the highest-ranking employees in San Francisco. He is entrusted with broad contracting authority 
In a nutshell, Mohamed Nuru and restaurateur Nick Bovis are accused of uh, attempting, unsuccessfully as it were, to bribe an airport commissioner $5,000 to open up a chicken shack at San Francisco International Airport. So, so for somebody who might not know why that small time, that seems like something they might have been able to do anyways. I mean, Nick Bovis is a well-known restaurateur in San Francisco. In fact, during all of the wiretaps, uh, many of the people involved said, you know, you don't need to give us this money, we could just do this. And that, and that is indicative of how San Francisco works. There is just an in-club and people just do what they're asked because it's expected of them. That's the, so interesting. The $5,000 is kind of cinematic. It's why they think an envelope full of money was the way to do it if some of these commissioners are like, you don't need to do this. That's hard to say. Uh, on the wiretap, uh, Nick Bova said it was Muhammad's idea. San Francisco thrives on soft corruption. This is hard corruption. Obviously, it's not like this is San Francisco's first big scandal. There have been problems for decades um, in San Francisco. And it's not just San Francisco, too. Big cities have these types of things that go on. So for somebody looking at this, are they to think, like, this is just business as usual in city government? There is a knee-jerk cynicism that I would warn against. Uh, there, I would say that you need to be more of an educated cynic to appreciate what's going on in San Francisco. What was caught on here is both business as usual and not business as usual. There is, as I mentioned, the atmosphere of casual corruption, and you have to read through the complaint about how things are quote-unquote primed at the airport and and who gets the deals. Other elements here do seem more business as usual. The -the behind-the-scenes finagling uh, with regard to a development project, uh, or the expectation that somebody would provide discounted minor things, meals, a tractor, or at work on a home. That strikes me as more business as usual. But that's not why the FBI was in here with wiretaps after wiretaps. They weren't here to bust the public works director for being bribed with a tractor. This is part and parcel of something bigger, and we're going to see where it leads. Can you talk a little bit more about what's what's next? The way the FBI and the U.S. attorney rolled this out was no accident. This was meant to be a message to the people who are named obliquely in the complaint, Contractor 1, Contractor 2, Developer 1, that we know who you are and we know what you did and we have other things that we probably didn't list that we know what you did and you should come and talk to us. Um, What Dave Anderson, the U.S. attorney, said is, uh, he said, walk, don't run, but I think he meant to say run, don't walk. And so uh, that was no accident. And the way that they wrote the complaint was no accident either. Uh, Joe Fitzgerald Rodriguez, the examiner, uh, had a good line. He said they didn't leave bread crumbs, they left bread loaves. Joe says that the line between this casual corruption and this harder corruption, like getting a bribe, it can be blurry sometimes. But that in the big picture, the way San Francisco politics works doesn't necessarily have to be like this. There is um, a lot about San Francisco that could we could all stand to look in the mirror. You know, um, extracting concessions from people is part of how we do things here. Uh, that's not necessarily the case in other parts of the country. You know, you don't need to go through a song and a dance and, and pay off uh, local uh, nonprofit leaders if you want to build something in other parts of the country. I, I understand why things are the way they are, and it's not always, um, it, sometimes it is not necessarily uh, a bad thing, and sometimes there are altruistic reasons, but sometimes it's not. And also, as I told you, everybody knew what Muhammad Nuru was there to do, and people did not complain about it. Uh, in in this way beforehand. Or the right people didn't complain, right? Because Mm -hmm. it sounds like 
workers were like pissed off. Workers underneath him were pissed off, but the right people weren't complaining. I can tell you this: that you know, when news of his uh, of his arrest broke, and and you know, when we put it on the internet, I happened to walk out of the place where I was, and and there were and there were public works employees uh, digging up the street, and I said, uh, you know, have you heard the news? And they said, yeah. And they, but they also looked at me kind of serious and said, why are you asking me now? Why, why, could, why weren't you asking me about this before? So all of this is happening as San Francisco, and really the Bay Area has become such an unequal place. We know there are a lot of people who are barely getting by, while it seems like if you have money, if you have connections, you get even further ahead and things basically get done for you. How does that idea tie into this story? The fact that certain people can like pick up the phone and dial a department head and get their problem solved is indicative of that. Whereas other people have to call 311 and say that, you know, there's, um, you know, there's a chop shop in front of my house or that this tree is so overgrown that like cars can't get under it. Um, and you're three months late picking it up, etc. I think it, it, it speaks to uh, a multi-tiered uh, response in government. And some people don't even have to ask. Meanwhile, London Breed has placed Nuru on administrative leave. In a statement, she said the city will, quote, cooperate fully with any investigation. Another city official, San Francisco Supervisor Matt Haney, also called for a special investigation into the Public Works Department. Meanwhile, the rest of us will have to wait and see whether these arrests will eventually lead to bigger ones. Joe Eskenazi is an editor and columnist with Mission Local. You can follow him on Twitter, at ESKSF. And for more updates on the story, you can go to kqed.org or you can follow us on Twitter. We are at The Bay KQED. The Bay is produced by Erica Cruz Guevara and editor Alan Montesilio. KQED's leadership team includes Julie Kane, Vinnie Tong, Ethan Lindsay, and Holly Kernan. I'm Devin Kadiyama. That's it for The Bay. We'll talk to you next time. Do you love learning about the San Francisco Bay Area? Its history, its people, its unique blend of cultures? Then you should check out The Bay Curious Book. I'm Katrina Schwartz, editor and producer on The Bay Curious Podcast, and I'm here to let you know that for the month of May, we've worked out a sweet deal for KQED podcast listeners. Right now, you can get The Bay Curious ebook for $1.99. That's right, $1.99. Just search for Bay Curious wherever you get your ebooks or find a link in our show notes. This offer does expire at the end of the month, though, so you'll want to act on it fast. Happy reading! Hey, what's up? I'm Erica Cruz Guevara, the host of The Bay. Donations keep independent journalism alive and healthy. And you support outstanding journalism when you support KQED. So if you haven't yet, check out donate.kqed.org slash podcasts. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcasts with an S.